You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 252, Samael. Hosted by Dan Terry. That was wrong. Yeah, there is a drummer. I'm I'm thinking of a different record. And Joseph Wren. I've got this idea, guys. I'll paint my face and sing about a freak show. Does that sound like a good idea? Oh, God. Don't ever bring that fucking band up again. <laughs> Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you found yourself while wearing the mask of the Red Death, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. Holy shit, are we done with this theme month yet? Not quite yet. We've got at least one more to go after this, and this one is Samael. Samael, Samael. You know, the last time I heard the name Samael, did you ever play the game Darksiders? Once or twice. I think I actually played Darksiders 2 before I ever touched the first game. Ah, well, there's this huge badass demon character in Darksiders named Samael, and uh, he's a backstabbing motherfucker. He's very evil. He's very, um, demonic. Just like the biblical Samael. Yes. And, uh, that is kind of what the band Samael is like. They're, they're badass. They're demonic. Uh, they, they definitely have a message for you. And the message is Satan or Stan. Worship Stan, Satan. Same, same sort of deal. I know this is industrial December. This band will become industrial, but there's a good portion of this discography that is just black metal for days. And I really fucking enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. Uh, you know, I thought, yeah, Industrial December is cool. And, you know, in a, in a week, you're going to make me do something that, you know, is going to be really, really difficult for me. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think you guys need to uh, guess who the guest is. I think um, go. it's, it's going to be Matt Nas. We, we talk to Matt Nas every year, you know. At least once. Uh, you know, on, on yeah, on Industrial December. I mean, we talk to him other times, too, but as far as on the show... Uh, we we get Matt Nas at least once a year. We've got him on retainer, but this week he just got us, and I decided that, you know, I'm going to slip another black metal band in there all sneaky-like. It was a good decision. I got a lot of the Rammstein vibe listening to this discography, a little more of the dance that goes along with industrial metal sometimes, not the downbeat doom, doom, doom that we had with KMFDM last year. Oh, God, don't remind me. But the vocals, man. I can't understand a damn thing he's saying, and I really don't give a shit. That would be two bands I've listened to this month where I couldn't understand anything the vocalist was saying. No, I guess three. <laughs> Stabbing Westward was pretty easy to understand. That that you know that, that that those guys are fine. That was basically a rock band. Yeah, alternative rock, '90s rock, industrial rock. Well, we're off of that now. You know, we 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 already gave you Cyclone Nine. So, you know, we wanted to keep the blackness flowing through our veins. This band actually even has a song called Black Supremacy, but uh, I promise you it's not about what you think it's about. We got a comment on YouTube in reference to our Stabbing Westward episode. Terry Miller says, I'd love to hear a podcast covering Circle of Dust and or Argyle Park. Well, Terry, I've got good news for you. We did do a Circle of Dust episode uh, on the very first Industrial December, if I remember correctly. And uh, so you could go listen to that. Um, I do. I, I I talk a lot like this in that episode. You know, I did, I did a, uh, a an Emperor Palpatine type voice. But don't let that throw you off. As we do eventually talk about all things Circle of Dust. We also did Clank, and uh, we also talked to Clank that year as well. It was a good year to talk about heavy industrial bands. So uh, we haven't gotten around to Argyle Park yet, but we will get there eventually. As I am also a huge fan of theirs, so I appreciate the comment and. I hope uh, if you go back and listen to the Circle of Dust episode that you will enjoy it. As far as YouTube comments go, I've been sifting through them all day. 
As as of the recording of this, I just dropped a new video on YouTube called Top 5 Solid State Records Albums of All Time. And I'm not going to read every comment because it would be hard to keep up with all of that. But uh, let's just say a lot of people had some very strong opinions about what their favorite Solid State Records albums were. But uh, I'm just going to read one here for Well, two. I'll read two of them. One comes from Brendan Lake. He says, first of all, I'm a Zimbabwean from Africa, so my experience of heavy music has been quite different. Zayo has been a band I followed for quite a while. I think Where Blood and Fire is my sentimental favorite. It's just so raw and crushing, and every track is good. I'm really enjoying the Zayo Rebirth, too. The Crimson Corridor and the two albums before it have been amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, this is it. definitely, we got into some stuff that, you know, people have always asked, what are your favorite Solid State stuff? So I gave them uh, my favorite Solid State stuff. The other one I love, too, uh, I won't spoil it, but in reference to something I said at the end of the video, Christopher Cody comes in hot and says, disagree totally about the production on Liberate. The drums on that record sound huge and still holds up today. They were obviously going for an Albini sound and pulled it off way better than when they actually recorded with Albini. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I think the Zeo sound of drums in the early days was a very inconsistent attempt at being more real and extreme than what you would see from a lot of underground bands at the time. For the most part, the early Zayo records have a very distinct sound, and I'm interested to know how much Jesse actually had, at least how much say he had in what the sound of the drums were, because he always sounds like someone who just mic'd up the drums and played them. Like they didn't spend a lot of time miking up the drum set. It's a very Glenn Johns approach, if you know that reference. Yeah. Well, this was more of the Barry Pointer approach. Thank you, Barry Pointer. Thank you so much, Barry Pointer. At the end, he says, either way, cool list, and I had fun disagreeing with the majority of your choices. <laughs> to which I responded, disagreement is all part of the experience, which I'm sure you guys all know who listen to this show. You're not always going to agree with us, and I, I think that's cool because I don't ever want to get on here and make some sort of statement like i'm the only one who's right unless we're talking to jeff in which case he's wrong and i am right hey y'all <laughs> well before dan and i continue this ceremony of opposites i'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast thank you for listening and for subscribing if you are not a subscriber then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com we are on spotify Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. We like to read them and reread them, read them to myself before I go to sleep at night. But if you leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app that allows you to leave a review, we will read that review on the show. So keep that in mind. And if you guys want to support us, you know, other ways, you can you can always check out our Patreon. We'll have a link for that, and I'll talk about that more at the end of the episode. But, uh, you know, make sure that you're following us on YouTube at Discuss Metal Dan. And uh, we, we, we're throwing lots of little bits of different types of content out there for you guys. And uh, we've got some new things that we're going to be doing in 2022 that I'm not going to announce just yet. But they are new, and they're things that we definitely think are cool. The other thing that I'm going to say while Joe's allowing me to talk is we are open to episode sponsors, meaning that if you're in a band and you want us to shout your band out, 
uh, on an episode and give people a link to your stuff to check it out, hit us up, show gmail.com. We will talk about it if, if your band or organization would like to sponsor an episode of this podcast. We are receptive to that. And, uh, yeah, just hit us up. Like I said, show gmail.com. So, Dan, tell me about Samael, the band, not the biblical demonic deity that tortured people. Okay, I'm really I'm glad that I'm glad that you made that distinction because I last time <laughs> last time I tried talking about Samael, I ended up summoning him and it was a whole thing. Don't read out of that book. God, don't read that book. Samael is a Swiss extreme metal band, so you know, for Jeff. Oh! Uh this band is all over the place. Um they they come from 1980s Switzerland. And um you've got a bunch of guys or you've got two main guys in the band that go by Vorp and one guy that goes by, I guess, is Zai or just goes by XY. I'm not going to try to pronounce their names because these are like some weird, like black metal names that I respect, but don't respect enough to actually say out loud, if that makes sense. These guys are all over the map musically. Um, it depends on what week it is. Sometimes you're going to get like an old school Bathory sounding black metal band. Sometimes you're going to get like a symphonic sounding black metal band. Not a band quite as skilled as Emperor as far as the riffs go. But, uh, you know, black metal with, with symphonic elements nonetheless. And then there's a, a while where the band goes, like, full industrial, which is how I was able to shoehorn a black metal band into our industrial month. So you guys are welcome if you're waiting for that. 1991. Worship Him. Oh, man, you should worship him. Worship Him's an interesting record, number one, because I'm not going to lie, I didn't actually really know a lot about Samael's early stuff. Uh, whenever we went into this episode and uh so i was actually really surprised that these are just like raw early black metal records uh they remind me a lot of like bathory and like even a little bit of venom um and like hellhammer and like that sort of stuff and i just i was not expecting this at all um but it is exactly like you remember and, and if you're if you're not sure what that sounds like or if you've never heard uh, a band like if you've never heard a band like Bathory I mean you you need to listen to that band um but what you have is kind of the these are the bands that all those norwegian dudes in the you know a few years later all this is what they all listen to play fast be distorted double bass for days thrash metal influences now growl so yeah, just growl. Black metal. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll scare people to death in 1991. Just just do it. I really enjoyed this one. It's a cassette flashback for me. I'm pretty sure this is one you pulled out of a bin for five bucks back in the day. And even though we didn't really know who it was, it was cool. Because here's another one of those bands that just makes the growly sound with their face and plays fast, thrashy drums and guitars. Well, and I don't think it's necessarily that fast either. I think it's more of like a mid-paced. There's something about these bands where they just let it ring out. There's almost like a little bit of that punk energy in there as far as like, let's just let our distortion ring out. I mean, everything sounds very, for lack of a better way to say it, just very 80s. Even I know this is 91, it's still technically, you know. These songs were written in the 80s. Yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> so it was recorded in 1990. So, you know, you got to think they spent at least, you know, a few months writing them beforehand. But I would will, I'd be willing to bet they've been writing these songs for a long time uh, before that. So all in all, I like this record. I think it's cool. I don't think it's like the best old school black metal record I've ever heard, but I really enjoy the atmosphere it puts forth. It is a little long. I would have been more comfortable if it would have clocked in at about 30 minutes as uh, it does tend to drag in some places. But again, this is a mood 
And you're going to find out as we go on, Samael's not going to be this band that's going to like wow you with their ultra technical riffing. They're not about that. They're they're here to set a mood for you and and just kind of kind of hold that note uh, throughout. And uh, to be honest, that's not always my favorite kind of band. Uh, bands like Slayer do it all the time, and it works really well. Um, but even bands like Bathory kind of change it up a little bit more. Whereas Samael, they stay relatively comfortable in this for a little while. The band is as bare bones thrash metal as you could possibly be on this record. The drums have the clicky double bass sound and the dry snare with a little bit of reverb. The guitars are there. They sound like a demo. But then the vocals. The vocals bring the atmosphere on this one. They ring out more than they should. It's not just about the growl. It's about the reverb that is applied to the growl. It gives you a very sweeping sound that moves left and right and it's not unique to this album but it's the piece of the overall sound that reinforces the atmosphere on the early albums you're going to hear that for a while with this one 1992 blood ritual there's no nice way to say this about blood ritual it sounds just like the other album <laughs> it sounds just like uh worship him um, it's got a, it's got like, you know, some, some cool, again, atmosphere. It's like almost the exact same length of record. The sound production sounds a little different, but not huge, I guess. Um, I don't really know how to, how to explain this one. So it's hard, uh, because like, I, I know what they were going for and maybe this was like the popular thing, but I do feel that like they're trying to do a Pantera thing because it's 1992 and that was the present sound in a lot of guitar players' minds. But mixing that with black metal, it only proves that this band was not Pantera. They're slowed down a little bit more. They're letting the drums drive the groove, but the guitarist is not keeping up the same way that Dimebag can keep up with just about anybody. So it is a weird mix of groove metal, early 90s groove metal, and black metal. It could work. And I don't hate it, but it's not living up to the hype. It fits in well with the first record, but it's not pushing any boundaries. It's cashing in in the most maximum way possible. I don't really hear the groove metal, but because um, I, I think musically it sounds pretty much just like the last record did. Um, and it, it is worth noting, too, that um, that their vocalist essentially said that um, that they chose like like basically that, that the songs that are on there are like older than the songs that are on their debut, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, and I can I can feel that I, I don't feel that forward momentum I guess is what I was trying to say earlier is that I just don't feel any any real momentum it's more like okay well we recorded some of our songs now let's go record the rest of our songs and you know what that's not a bad approach to release a record one year later and it's very old school metal band creative we did that more than once like we wrote really good songs then we recorded better songs and then we needed two or three extras so we pulled some out of the back catalog that were very clearly not as good as what we had come up with yeah i definitely and so i mean i don't really have a lot to say about this record i think i think the two records you could listen to is almost a double although that would be 80 minutes of music which is fine for some people that's the length of compact discs back in the day right now you could you could probably fit each of them on a cd yeah with, with very little effort are you ready to talk about ceremony of opposites 
from 1994. I am ready to talk about it because this is where their music starts getting a little bit more interesting. So now this is where the band starts to sound more black metal than um, or like it, it sounds more like black metal that you would recognize today. Um, it's still got some of that old schoolness to it. You know, it's still a little, I mean, first of all, all the lyrics are about Satan. I don't know if I've really gone into that yet in this episode, but yeah, this band loves them some, uh, you know, man downstairs, uh, sort of, <laughs> sort of stuff. Um, and I, even then I don't think it's necessarily sincere. I think it's more just like we're evil and metal. And we want to say the most evil and blasphemous things that we want. I don't know. It could be a personal, belief. I mean like evil and darkness. Yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be, it could be sincere, I guess, but it's just, you know, it's a 90s black metal record, so it's going to not age particularly well, but I'm not here to make fun of the lyrics here. Um, I think this is really interesting. I think the, the vocals here are growlier and the band is kind of starting to show a little bit of that industrial sound. They, they just sneak a little bit of it in there where, you know, you've, uh, you've got no listed drummer. On this record, this sounds like well, an well, acoustic kit to me. That was wrong. Yeah, there is a drummer. I'm I'm thinking of a different record. Dan is so far ahead on this one because he's really looking forward to the industrial. He I just like the later stuff. It. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Um, so yeah, this one. You're, Joe's like, I, to my ears, it sounds like a guy just playing drums. Dan, do you have any other <laughs> comments on that? Yeah, it's the true follow up. If the first two albums were how this band got started then this is Can You Do It a second time for real this time. Can you guys put together some songs that are heavy, play them at the gig? This is headbanging music from back in the day, if I've ever heard it. They don't really push any boundaries. It's just better versions of the previous songs. And I like it for all the same reasons I liked the first two records, but I'm glad to hear the band doing the same thing, but pushing it a little bit. I agree. I think that this is the sort of the, the sound that they had set out to make. Or maybe not set out to make, but decided later on, the like, yeah, we can't just play straight black metal forever. <laughs> uh, you know, not everybody can be dark thrown. I've got uh, this idea, guys. I'll paint my face and sing about a freak show. Does that sound like a good idea? Oh, God, don't ever bring that fucking band up again. <laughs> So I think it just gets more and more interesting as it goes. We are on the warpath on this one. 1996 Passage. This is a really cool record. Uh, mostly because this is this is the most industrial that we have. This is now we have finally done away with the drummer. There is no more. Uh, this is all this is all drums, uh, all fake drums. But it's also fake live as well as in the studio. Uh, which is always fun when the band actually pulls out the drum machine and says, okay, do your job. Don't forget your epic stabbing synthesizer. That has to be there. Oh, yeah. You've got the epic stabbing synthesizer. Lyrical concept changes from Satan to, yeah, the occult and space and all that cool cosmic shit that I like so much. What is it about this mix that just screams Rammstein to me? I think it might just be the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about production. Um... But I don't know. I don't get any Rammstein vibes off of this just yet. This sounds, I don't know, though. I mean, it does sound a little different than like, you know, your emperor, you know, or bands like that had their own very distinct sound. I think that's the weird thing about Samael is that they I, they are black metal. They're the closest thing, you know, the closest genre word you could come to describe them. But they don't give off the same vibe 
as these like corpse paint wearing black metal dudes. Um, I think it could just be kind of a kind of a mixture of that industrial style in the mid '90s. You're gonna get something that sounds similar to Rammstein. When when somebody says industrial, those that's the first band that'll pop into somebody's mind. Industrial metal or dance metal, right? And this isn't quite that yet. I think the, the electronic drums take it a, a certain way. I think there is something in the guitar tone that makes it sound a little bit more, you know, a little bit more industrial metal and a little bit less like symphonic black, whereas the uh, keyboards are keeping it symphonic black metal till the cows come home. Something about this sounds like a demo to me. The guitars have the same sound, the same feel. You have the epic keyboards that become a staple in melodic extreme metal going forward and then you have industrial sounding drums so somebody with a keyboard or with pads just laid down the beat and because that's the sound they were going for mix it master it put it on tape sell it to the masses in other words just do it do it i like it yeah i mean this is this is the album where it's like okay we want to take what we're doing more seriously and of course this is more accessible than like a mid-90s black metal record should be and so this obviously got the band like more popular overall got them more fans and a little bit more recognition uh, i think internationally than maybe they had had before in its own way this is fun sounding similar to what ghost is today it's definitely not the same type of music but just putting this record on versus the previous you get this fun feeling like the drums are keyboards, guys, and we have epic sounding. The drums are synthetic, and we have keyboards, and everything just has this ongoing beat that we're trying to give you this dark sounding music, but it's kind of dancey at the same time. So there's your fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting because if it's a band being listened to by black metal fans, they're probably not listening to shit like Rammstein. <laughs> or if they are, they're not admitting it to anyone. Not at that time, at least. Right. So I think, I think in that regard, they're not going to pick up on the fact that this was actually kind of trendy at the time uh, to be going into this. You know, we, we kind of went into like what the 90s were like as far as like making industrial music um and so i think black metal fans are like wow this is kind of cool this is innovative or they're like this is pure shit you can hear the guitars clearly and i don't like that you know it, you did have sort of that facet of the community as well but uh overall i think that this was is considered like very unique but as guys from america who grew up in the 90s i'm like yeah i could kind of see the writing on the wall on this one that you know they were just trying to go in sort of in this direction and mix it with what they were doing before. But I think on this record, they do it successfully. The next one, not not quite so much. 1999, Eternal. Okay, so, so, you know, I just got done talking about how, like, you know, the album was good, but it was, it was kind of um, a little trendy or whatever. This is where the band more or less... I don't want to say fully abandons their sound, but they definitely go in much more of like a dance metal, electronic metal direction here. And even the vocals themselves are less growly, like less black metal. Uh, and the riffs are like very heavily simplified. The band probably, you know, sold X amount of t-shirts per show on the last record. And they're like, okay, for this new one, you know, we need to we need to make it a little bit sim simpler. We need to dumb down a little bit. And this is like the closest they ever got to like being like 
almost a mainstream band. Definitely mainstream attempts on this one. I was ready to embrace the next record for whatever it was. Then this one starts off with someone in the background very clearly trying to wave their Trent Reznor flag with the huh, huh. And at that point, I couldn't stop laughing. And then I started to enjoy the record for what it was. It was a drastic change. All the elements are still there, but we're very clearly trying to go a different direction. We're not being extreme or playing extreme black metal anymore. We're not even playing symphonic sounding black metal. We're actually playing industrial at this point. And I like it. I've heard bands do this sound better, but at this point in the discography, I understand why we're talking about this band in Industrial December. They don't change from this going forward. It's going to be a lot of this. <laughs> they do change, but yeah. Not very much. It's, it's all the same. Play the beat and play the guitars and growl at the microphone. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually offended that he didn't growl more, you know. Luckily, as the discography goes on, the growls do start to return. Whereas here, you know, we're just doing, we're basically just doing a Rammstein thing. And at that time, the Rammstein theme was very topical. That's fair. So was this before or after Saint Sucked came out? This came out two years later, and it arguably doesn't sound as good. So props for trying, guys. I mean, I definitely think it's cool. Like, I mean, I think overall the sound is cool, but like, imagine being a black metal fan and buying this after listening to like Worship Him. You're like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate when bands change on this show, but I can definitely see how a longtime fan of the band at this point could think like, oh, you guys just are absolutely trend following and you're not doing the thing that I, you know, being a music fan boils down to, oh, you don't do the thing that I like anymore. Does this count as agrotech? I wish Jeff was here. I would ask him. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to even know what that is. I think, I think isn't that what, like, uh, Cyclone 9 was? Yes. Okay, that's fair. Then no, it's not. <laughs> not on this, not, not on Eternal anyway. Is it time for Reign of Light? Let's rain the light in. Or we could not. I mean, it's, it's fine, too. Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star 4, Part 7, Reign of Light. No, it's not that, I promise. Wasn't there a Madonna song called Reign of Light? That was Ray of Light, my friend. Oh, my bad. My bad. Um. Wow. Okay. Um. So here we are. Dan is not having a good time. <laughs> I don't even know what band I'm listening to anymore. Let me be more fair, though, right? Because, like, you know, at some point we're going to be talking about a really popular industrial band. I'll be like, I really like this sound. And you'll be like, motherfucker, Samuel was doing this sound earlier. And you're, you know, and you're like, oh, it's dumb because it's not black metal. Uh, the biggest difference is, is the other band that I'm talking about that I won't quite name just yet is, you know, they started as an industrial band. And, um, Sam Al started as a black metal band. It creates a whole different set of expectations in my mind. I think this is fine, but I don't know, man. This is starting to sound... Am I allowed to say this? I mean, I know it's 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 tagged as symphonic metal and industrial metal. Can we tag it as Rammstein? Because that's what this is. It is, but it's not like as good. It sounds like a band that was heavily influenced by Rammstein, but just doesn't understand what makes those records sound that way. I mean, he's very clearly trying to do the deep staccato speaking of the lyrics with the melody on the bottom of your chin. And I got to say, I love it. I really enjoy it. It gave me another band to put in that pile. 
I really enjoy Rammstein sometimes, but I listen to Rammstein because I want that specific mix of what that band does. This band sounds like a cheap imitation of that at this point, but I really don't hate it. You could put this on as an alternative to industrial dance metal, and I'm okay with it. I don't hate it, but I just think that there's other bands that do this better. I think that they could have like just kept playing black metal, and that would have been fine by me. I know I'm being like the elitist metalhead asshole on this one, but... Um, you know, I don't know. I kind of dug what they were doing on those first couple records, even though they weren't like super amazing. They had a good vibe. They sounded dark. They sounded evil. But now we're kind of in a situation where like, I don't know, um, they're just doing a thing that another band does better. And it just kind of bums me out a little bit. I think the records are cool on their own, but this is, you know, again, one of those like maybe change the band name situations or maybe not. Maybe more people no Samael because of this than they did the old black metal records. That's probably really what it is. I'm surprised that the band went this direction in 2004, but I'm not surprised that they changed their sound from the early 90s. I think you could argue that that style of black metal has long since run its course. Maybe not today, but in the early 2000s, nobody. Nobody in the early 2000s was listening to subpar black metal. It was either the really good sounding stuff that wasn't really black metal, but we called it that, or it was the stuff that sounded like shit. And here's Samael trying to at least change what they're doing, because we can write this really fun sounding industrial dance metal and people enjoy it. I mean, I guess they can't all be Keckle, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, I think overall, I think this is fine. I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather listen to like something like Rammstein. And even then, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'd rather just be listening to, like, Zayo or something like that. Hey, Dan. 2004, oh, Dan God. called. Listen to Zayo. Also, it's 2007, and we're listening to Solar Soul. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is now my soul has become solar. I mean, I have to take my soul out and leave it in my front lawn and let let the sun, you know, just, just soak it the fuck up. This is better than the previous record. Even though it's still if very much so, a I mean, Rammstein thing, but it's a little more mellow overall. It's a warmer sounding album. We're not going for the harsh, shattering sound of we have a keyboard in the band and scoop the mids and ding, 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 ding. It just sounds like what it is. It's a groovy, dancey, industrial metal sounding record with extreme black metal vocals. I'm seeing a trend that this band is following, and I'm concerned that this is what it is, and this is all it's going to be. I just think this is one of those situations where they're basically like a band that started with a record called Passage. Like, this is not the band that put out Worship Him. This is the band that put out the album Passage. That was basically their mainstream debut, right? And they've just been doing that the entire time. I don't, I, I don't think that Solar Soul is as good as Passage, I think they've gone completely off the beaten path of what their normal sound is. But I think that's the unfairness of, of metal fans overall is that this band has been this way longer than they've been the other way. It's just that I want them to be the other way all the time. And I'm not going to get what I want on this record just yet. But that said, I think the songs are catchy. They remind me a little bit of kind of like what Dark Tranquility did on their most recent couple of albums where it was like, a little bit more of a traditional rock song structure, but you've got a guy kind of growling the vocals, uh, which is just kind of a unique thing where it's like, oh, we're, we're evil, but we're also like kind of kind of fun to listen to. And we're danceable and we, we have all this fun. 
Um, I like all of that. I just think that Samael isn't necessarily the best band at doing that sound. And it's interesting to me to see how long they have stuck with it. I get a soul embraced vibe listening to these songs. You have a groovy, overall groovy sounding song. And then the vocals, even though they're being growled to an extreme, they're following a melody that only they can hear. There's not that much different between this record and my God, my tourniquet. Like you get the same feeling listening to these two records. It's just two drastically different styles of music. I mean, essentially, yeah. And and it's it is. I know I'm being a little unfair on this episode, but I think that I think that where they go kind of after this is a little bit more interesting as far as trying to meld the band's identity back into one. 2009 above has above as below or, or maybe it's backwards of, of that i don't know above and below said willow when he casted that spell so either enough dudes like me complained to the band about their style or uh they just decided that they wanted to go back to playing heavy metal i'm gonna go with the second one i think bands can do what they want and they don't really owe anyone an explanation i still have the right to criticize it if i don't like it but um you know whatever they want to do is kind of kind of where it's at so they, they should. They should do that. Um, with that, with all of that, um, I, I, I like that they basically are like, all right, guys, let's go back. I don't want to say they definitely don't go back to the original sound, which was, you know, kind of not that compelling anyway. This is just more like, guys, let's be more aggressive. Let's program a few more blast beats into the into the drum machine. And, uh, you know, I'm going to scream. I'm going to scream most of the vocals. Uh, and we're going to tremolo pick, you know, and speed pick our way through this entire thing. And honestly, they did that really, really well. Uh, what you get with this is a is a symphonic black metal record. Uh, and it's a little bit more proper. It's a little bit more proper of a black metal record, something akin to what you would hear from a more mainstream sounding black metal band these days. It's just so weird saying that mainstream sounding black metal band. That used to not be a thing. I, I know I'm like old or whatever, but like. It's really weird thinking about that now that there are black metal bands that go out and sell like tons and tons and tons of albums. It's just kind of blows my mind. This is the point in the discography where we've started to circle around to the beginning. Oh, so you're saying we circled back? I'm going to let you have one. I take that back. I'm going to let you have three. So you figure out where to put the other two in. Well, we'll circle back to that later. <laughs> now we have an aggressive, symphonic, distorted... How many different ways can I say this album is a welcome return to the early part of the discography, but still retains the symphonic aggression that we've gotten over the last 15 years? I agree. The aggression's back. I don't think they sound like they did, you know, on their original two albums, but they definitely sort of recognized that they were known for being black metal. I don't know. Do you think it was 2009 and the band just wanted to be aggressive because you had all those other aggressive musical styles that were taking over the mainstream or had been present for the past five years? I'm not going to name any names. I mean, I think that they were definitely an above average as far as popularity sort of band at the time. And I don't know, maybe one day you're like this metal dude and you look out and like everybody's dancing to your music and you're like, man... I kind of miss back when people used to sacrifice goats while we were playing. Live know. on stage. Yeah. With like, smokes and black lights. Yeah. You know, like, like let's get back to that evil shit. So they did, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I think it's cool. I don't think that, again, I think it's still on the more mainstream side of, of black metal. Again, it seems like an oxymoron, 
But, uh, you know, it, it's much more commercially digestible, but I still appreciate it. I still like that it's heavier, it's faster, uh, the vocals are screamed. Well, they, they're sort of scream. I don't know. Like, there is a little bit of, um, I, like, he does black metal shrieks, but then he also still has kind of, like, his voice distorter on from the last few records. So it's just been, it's been a little strange, but I think it's, I think overall it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, I don't think it necessarily stands toe to toe with like actual black metal bands Absolutely uh, at, the, not. at the time, but I think that it does sound, um, I think it sounds good, but I don't necessarily think that modern black metal really captures the same attitude uh, as, as like old school black metal does. So like, it's not exactly points off. It's just that if you are expecting this to be a return to form, we, we don't ever get, we don't ever get that. They don't ever go back to like the first record sound. 2011 looks Mundi. It looks moondy, all right. Looks moondy outside, Ben. It absolutely does. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is where I feel like the industrial element kind of starts jumping back in, and you start kind of having that, like, I'm going to sing all my songs like this sort of <laughs> sort I once of listened vibe. to a Rammstein record. This is a really good thing to do. Right, yeah, like, I'm going to tell you the story of how my day is. And, like, it's fine. I... I'm making fun of it, but like it, they, they definitely keep it heavier. They definitely try to keep like the more black metal stuff in there. But this is this is a little bit of a regression back from the other record into like the more familiar sound of this band. But um, I don't know if it's necessarily enough to save it. Like I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I haven't been like I haven't been like as impressed with this band uh, as. <laughs> what gave it away? Yeah, I just, I mean, they, they just they haven't blown me away really, and like that's fine. I don't expect every band to blow me away, but. Uh, this definitely was weird for me to like i listen i listened to these records several times just trying to find something and i've realized that this band just sets a vibe and they're not out to like wow you with riffs or solos or you know multiple time signatures because like this record um i don't know his, his weird the weird distortion on his voice kind of just gets to me after a while and i just want to kind of not hear the vocals and it just be like just the riffs and the like dan more danceable industrial stuff we'll save your final thoughts for the next album because we've got one more oh no 2017 hegemony i'm not gonna lie this one's actually pretty fucking good um i like this one a lot actually um the only thing i don't like about it is it sounds like one song from beginning to end but it's a good song <laughs> you know what part of the last seven records have you not heard one song for the entirety of the record well that's fair i mean even even on the first record it's like that Dan made fun of the last one. I get to make fun of this one. I'm having a good time listening to the band, but you hit it on the head. It's a vibe. It's a tempo and a frequency and a storyteller with his extreme sounding vocals. And we play our epic symphonic sounds and everybody has a good time. I can't say a lot more than that, but I'm really enjoying it while I'm listening to it. It was a fun week. It was a fun 10 albums, but at the end of the day, it was black metal in the beginning. Now it's industrial dance metal most of the time. Agreed. I'm not reaching for one over the other. I'm actually reaching for whichever one I'm in the mood for. And with it being Industrial December, I spent a lot of time listening to the second half of this discography this week. And I had a really good time. I had Rammstein levels of a good time. And I had a lot of fun listening to Rammstein because you know exactly what you're going to get listening to that band. Once this band embraces the full industrial metal, you know exactly what you're going to get. 
That's not quite my final thought, but that's the majority of what I finally think about this band. I'm just going to give a final thought because I just feel like I don't want to just keep dragging this out. Do you want to drag it right down the hill? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I think Samael's a great band like as far as like their black metal roots and, and, and that sort of thing. But I think that there's a reason they kind of had to swap their sound around quite a bit over the years, and I think that reason is just never truly finding their footing in a particular style. And so they tried a whole bunch of different things, and I think what you get is kind of a cool amalgamation of different styles that they've done. A couple of times they struck gold, uh, like Passage. You know, I thought that was really good. Um, but I think overall, I think this band's just always had a lot of trouble finding their footing. And I know they've got, like, lots of fans that I'll probably hear from now, but um, I, they just they just didn't do it for me uh, overall as a band. And, um, you know, I'll still check out some of their stuff as they release more stuff. But with a band with as long of a career as this one, if I just listen to 10 records and, and none of them particularly grabbed me, then, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, it's probably not going to grab me at any point. What you have with this band is two very distinct eras of the overall sound. You have par for the course extreme black metal in the beginning, but extreme in tonality alone, not necessarily in presentation. Most of those songs are laid back. Then you have the industrial dance metal. And although they would deviate a little bit, the discography really doesn't go back. Once they find that dance metal sound, they stick with it. And for the 40 to 50 minutes for each album that I'm listening to, I'm still getting the headbanging vibe. I'm just not getting the extreme vibe. And I think that's okay. When you're listening to this band, you're listening to it for the vibe, you're listening to it for the groove. And even the black metal in the beginning kind of fits in with what comes later. But I think if you're listening to this band, you either were a fan in the start or you're a fan today. Either way, it's okay. This band is a fun listen. They're not going to break any records, but they are going to entertain you for the next 35 to 40 minutes. I'll say listen to Samael. Eh. Not for you. I could take it or leave it. It's fine, though. What's your album of the week? It's weird. You've asked me this approximately 250 times, and I'm still always like, oh, God, what have I been listening to this week? Uh, but I'm just going to have to go with the one I keep going with, which is Spirit Box, Eternal Blue. I, I enjoy it. I think it's a good record. I know not everybody agrees with me, but I like it. For me, it's Anders Osborne, Black Eye Galaxy. Would you like some very 70s sounding groove, dirty rock to go with your Samael? I mean, I mean, not really, but sure. That's what I have for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take us out, DFT. If you've been listening to this podcast and you would like to reach out to us personally, you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can send us an email at danandjoeshowgmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Instagram at Discuss Metal. You can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. And uh, you can find all other information about the podcast on our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server. And uh, we're getting close to the end of the year, guys. So, um, you know, make sure you're putting your requests in for bands for next year's schedule as we sit down to make that schedule for you. Not for you, but with you. I like to think of it as with you, right? So, um, yeah. And if you want to check us out on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash discuss metal, uh, where you can uh, get access to monthly Patreon hangouts, which we are late for on this one uh, in particular. We actually have uh, we actually have people waiting, so... Um, without further ado, check us out on Patreon. We've got some cool stuff there. And thank you again for listening to this podcast. we got one more episode coming out for this year before we jump into January. 
And on that note, this has been episode 252 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, Joe, can I borrow some money? $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 